0: Hello and welcome to a series of specials of my podcast, Helium Talk. I call them the isolation episodes, and for these I'm speaking with people from the art world about the current situation we're all facing these days. I just want to know how artists and gallerists from different countries are dealing with being locked down. My guest today is Carl Berman, main curator at Corey Helford Gallery in Los Angeles, who is currently traveling with the artist Hikari Shimoda. where are you right now
1: i'm in tokyo thanks for having me by the way i'm so sorry it took us this long to get this together and then when we do it's during a pandemic so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah for me it's, uh, it's uh, but that's also very interesting because you're in tokyo and everybody's probably very curious to hear how the situation in the art world in tokyo is right now
1: yeah it's it's um a bit different in Tokyo than the rest of the well how are you first of all um how's how was your family are you-
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, <laughs> I've, I've been
1: looking at the news coming out of Germany and it's you know
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean I'm I'm basically we're we're basically fine. Everybody's of course uh worried like I think the rest yeah. of the world. I'm right Are you on
1: lockdown right now? Did you have to close your space and
0: everything? Yeah, I have to close my space. I'm actually yeah. sitting in it right now. There's oh, no no visitors coming. Yeah, because I'm working here alone. Uh or yeah. with my yeah. with my manager who gallery manager who is also my son. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. it kind of stays in the family. Um we're basically the whole family is at home now and uh mm-hmm. Uh, we're still allowed to go out and buy some stuff, but oh, uh, try to avoid social contacts and everything uh, as yeah. much as possible. Um, yep. So the city is pretty quiet, um, and people are worried, but they're kind of friendly. That's an interesting oh, thing. Everybody nice. who is on the street is kind of friendly and smiling and saying, "Seeing you know," because they, you know, mm-hmm. maybe because everybody's a little bit insecure about what's going to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah. Um, well, yeah good I to
1: mean, be- Good to be kind. Kindness is contagious. So
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh so, but now back to you. How are you? And uh, how, wh- what are you doing in Tokyo?
1: Yeah, I'm fine. I'm. Um, it's actually we're coming up on a three day weekend here in Japan because it's spring equinox. It's mm-hmm. a na- national holiday. Um, and um, but it's it's very calm here. A lot of people have been asking me about the situation with the virus here in Tokyo, and I think because. They've been dealing with it in Asia the longest, so they've just kind of adapted to this new normal, I guess you could say. Um, Here in Tokyo, we have 118 reported cases. I haven't looked at the news today. Well, it's evening now, but I mean, it just seems like every time I check it, it changes. But we have 118 reported cases in Tokyo, so... For the most part, you have art museums, and Tokyo Disneyland has been shut down until the end of March or April, but most art galleries are actually open, restaurants are open, Um, people are out and about, they're going to work. Um, The government is asking people to wear masks, like on the train or just in crowded places, but that's if you can even get them, because like I was at several convenience shops and, you know, there's signs that say they're all sold out of masks. But I think for the most part, people are just hopeful that it will get better, you know. And that's compared to the um, the cases in Los Angeles, um, which is growing. But the population in Tokyo is also bigger by several million people. There's over 9 million people that live in Tokyo. So that's like, you know, point. Like not even 0.1% or something of people Mm. that are sick. So right now in Japan, the big conversation is whether the Olympics are going to be postponed or even canceled. The government's getting a lot of pressure to make a decision because the Olympics are supposed to happen at the end of July um, to August. I think uh, July 24th is when the Olympics are supposed to happen. Mm. Yeah, well, the European um,
0: Championship in football has already been canceled two days
1: ago. Yeah, so I I mean, I think they're going to hold on to it for as long as they can just because that's oh. going to be a real hit for their economy, but mm-hmm. we'll see. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of the buzz. But um but as for the reason I came out here, I originally I came out here for Art Fair Tokyo mm-hmm. um because I had some meetings there and um Uh, for your listeners who probably don't know anything about me. I'm a curator at Corey Helford Gallery, but I also manage a Japanese painter. Her name is Hikari Shimoda. And um, we had a lot of clients and one of her um, gallerists here in Asia um, were attending Art Fair Tokyo. So we were going to go to that. And then this coming weekend was supposed to be Hong Kong Art Basel. So we were going to fly to Hong Kong. So then that got canceled. So... Um, things are just getting canceled or postponed, but I decided to stay, um, because, uh, we're working on a collaboration with Mark Jacobs right now Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, people are still going to work and taking meetings. And so I decided to stay for that. And now I'm just here, you know, since then so much has developed. I mean, LA is in a real panic. So I decided to extend my trip. Um, (laughs) it's more more relaxed
0: for you right now it's more relaxed for you right now in Tokyo than you probably I mean people are
1: anxious it's a troubling situation but you know it's Hmm. I don't want to say people have adjusted because it's it's really hard for everybody but you know they they've had time to come to terms with what's happening so um, yeah it's just the new normal
0: but you said that, that meetings are still taking place and mm-hmm. galleries are still open and do, do they still have uh, openings? I mean, like, no. And stuff?
1: Um, well, it's sort of optional. A lot of people are, um, just, uh, opting not to have opening receptions. Like, um, uh, I was at Kaika Kiki Gallery here in Tokyo earlier this week and mm-hmm. they didn't, they have a new show up right now with the painter, um, by the name Ob, and they canceled the reception because of the situation. And so they're live streaming from their uh, gallery every day. Ob is actually painting in the gallery um, every day, and they've been live streaming um, during opening hours. Um, and now with the situation in Los Angeles, Corey Helfer is going to start doing the same thing. So, um, you know, but the, I think the art world is a place that doesn't necessarily operate as well digitally because you need people to gather you know yeah, yeah. so a, a lot of galleries are working around that um, and I think art is you know super important in times like these just the flood of bad news and you know the bombardment of images it makes people long for safe places so I, I think what we need to do is um, just to help keep the artists and the galleries going
0: yeah, and how how I mean how do you do that? I mean Cory mm-hmm. Helford is is, uh, is basically your main gallery um, Yes work yep, for?
1: Yep, I'm it's the only gallery that I'm a curator for. Um it's a full-time 24-7 job. Yeah. <laughs> We're three galleries in one. Sure. We're a twelve thousand square foot space in downtown Los Angeles. So um between that and Hikari, um um I've got my hands full. Uh, but um but yeah we were brainstorming today about um you know how can we work around this situation and just you know coming up with ideas of how we can reach people online whether instagram live or you know mm-hmm. posting videos and things like that um but um it's a tough one i mean artists and not just artists i mean musicians and all entertainers like they're getting hit really hard and I would just say to anybody listening, like if you have a favorite artist or a band right now, like just do what you can to support them. Like consider buying their merch if you can or, you know, some artists have um, like Patreon, like just do what you can because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really important to keep to keep the artists um, supported right now. Yeah, I think I
0: think I think one thing that a lot of people overestimate that are not working in this business is that they think that the online market is uh, is very strong, mm-hmm. and uh, and with Artsy and all these large companies, um, you know, sort of. Presenting work that that you can actually buy online—it's still not very common for people to really purchase online. I mean, if you have a standing relationship with a client, yes, mm-hmm. you know, so that works. That work works nicely. Sending them even uh, old-school PDFs with with uh, with artworks, talking them through, or just sending images, and then they might decide. But new clients or mm-hmm. people who are not necessarily used to—they still need to take a look at the work, and that is something that we have to, in my opinion, work on right now. How not change. I mean, there's no not many different ways how we can present art online. We can Mm -hmm. show it online. We can we can make photos. We can make videos. We can stand in front of it. We can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can make three D images. We can make augmented realities that you can present it in your room. Fine, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the end of it. It's still not seeing it live. So now it's pretty every time we can ask people, um, you know, sort of that that can that are and uh, who are uh, able to purchase artwork just to and buy it now you know so yeah. change the behavior mm-hmm. of having had to see having to see it in 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 person because i mean there's a lot of careers at stake in the whole entertainment industry but you know also in our arts i mean and what do you think if cory helpful has to i mean there's probably a couple of people working for for the gallery i mean
1: yeah we're or? we're uh, of a small family but um mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, it's myself as the main curator and then Sherry mm-hmm. Trahan is our amazing, amazing sales director and gallery director. And then um, Sarah Folkman, who's a painter herself. She's um, in charge of shipping and receiving. And then we have a great mm-hmm. team we work with who helps with installation and lighting. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, but we're, we're a small family and we're just, we're doing all that we can um, right now. Right now the gallery is closed through. We opted to close the gallery um, by appointment only before kind of the panic really started mm-hmm. to, to set in and the mandated um, lockdowns in Los Angeles. And so we had already made the decision to do that just because we want to take every precaution um, possible. So we're uh, closed by appointment only through April 7th. And we're just hoping, you know, everything will get back to normal.
0: Yeah, it's 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 everything's different. So also this podcast yeah. is different, and maybe you know sort of um, when when it's all has calmed down, maybe later this year we can make a, a normal one, an ordinary yeah, one. Yeah, you know, when you're in Los Angeles, corona
1: edition. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but, yeah, exactly. Also, it's interesting then to see what changed for gallery, or if you're working closely with one artist,
1: it's
0: mm-hmm. also a very interesting relationship to look into. So, um,
1: yeah, it's, I, yeah. It, I feel really fortunate. I was working with Hikari first before. Yeah. Corey Halford, that was kind of my gateway to working with Corey Halford because um, uh, the first show I curated for Hikari was uh, her 2014 solo show at Corey Halford, and that kind of was the introduction to Jan and um, the Corey Halford team, and they brought me on later as a curator. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, so Hikari's is a, a really big part of my life. Yeah. But so, how, how did that
0: happen? I mean, was it? All
1: of we a met through mutual friends. No, we we had mutual friends in Japan. Um, I had an opportunity um, to come out to Tokyo in the early 2000s. I've had a relationship with Asia since the early 2000s, and I met Hikari. In 2012, and we just became close, and so I kept coming back, and we formed a. Re- I formed a relationship with more artists and galleries here in those really early days. And Hikari and I have this long-lasting relationship. So when I curated her first show in the states, um, it didn't really feel like we were diving into the unknown, or I didn't really feel like I was diving into the unknown um but yeah it was certainly a point of entry for me to be working with Corey Halford and other really amazing artists and now we have um several Asian artists on the roster now okay so So it works
0: like an agency or then or is it just is it just with um no uh, it just
1: takes no, just one on one, just helping Hikari. I do okay. everything for her. I check her email. I run her social media. Um, you know, all she really, I, you know, I negotiate contracts for her. I help her um, secure licensing deals. So she's got a collaboration she's working on with Mickey Mouse right now, and then hopefully end of twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, we have the Mark Jacobs collaboration that we're just um, starting to plan. So, um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, we, we keep each other busy. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, I <laughs> think um, that's, uh, that's a great way. And when I'm way. not
1: doing that, I'm I'm at Corey Halford. And, you know, with Corey Halford working with such a great team, I have the capacity to help more artists that I love. So, because mm-hmm. um, I, you know, it's it's a big job. So I wouldn't be able to do to, you know, help everybody in the same capacity. But with a great team, I'm able to do that
0: when when did you decide that this is art that you wanted to work with did you um...
1: i grew up wanting to be an animator i went to school for animation i loved ariel from the little mermaid and Mm -hmm. i wanted to do that and glenn Keane, who animated ariel was like my idol and um it was like torture going through high school and all i wanted to do was just get there you know and i um I was on the path, so I right out of college, I, um, I got a job in animation and started doing that, and I um, worked my way up to be a background painter, and um, around that time, uh, went to Japan, and then once I came here, I just fell in love, and I never looked back, so... <laughs>
0: yeah oh, it's yeah. great if you can I mean uh, there's a lot of people who have the dream to work in arts and be an illustrator yeah. or a painter or an artist and
1: mm-hmm. when you actually
0: end up in the end working in uh, in this uh, in this field uh, uh, then um, yeah then then it's uh, it's a nice thing you know so it's, it's
1: yeah great
0: to end up there if you because it's something with, that you probably do with a passion
1: mm, totally yeah, I have this saying you know don't follow your dreams, follow your effort because mm-hmm. you know dreams don't work unless you do. Um, I think they're really good words to live by. Yeah, yeah. Kind of make and, your own way.
0: Yeah, and um, but now he's sort of like uh, when you when you work at Corey Halford, um, mm-hmm. you just—I mean, you're saying the main curator is like you. Uh, decide is probably the wrong word. You just you just come up <laughs> with the ideas, and and the artists that that, that should take part in exhibitions. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, well, I'm I'm always on the lookout um, for new artists, and I'm finding new artists everywhere, and they're inspiring me um, in terms of com- putting together, you know, the larger exhibits, like the big, you know, 100 artist group exhibitions. I get really mm-hmm. inspired by what they're doing, um, and then you know, we have artists that we. want to support with their solo exhibitions and we'll work with them on a concept and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, provide them as much feedback as we can. Um, But yeah, but I'm, I'm always on the lookout for, for artists. And I was the online editor for High Fructose magazine for a short Mm -hmm. time. And um, really, you know, that was kind of my education and how to look at art.
0: I think, I believe A couple of years back, you wrote about one of our exhibitions that I was doing with Victor Castillo here. Oh, Um, yeah.
1: Victor's amazing. He's a good friend. Yeah. Hi, Victor. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Victor Victor and I know each other. uh, I think the first exhibition we did together was in Oh, I love him. He's a sweetie
1: pie. Yeah. And
0: every other year we did it twice now, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, twice we do an exhibition which is called Weapons of Mass Seduction where we both yes. team up, you know, mm-hmm. we do like two exhibitions, my work and his work, yeah. because besides the gallery, yeah. you know, so I'm an artist too. So that's yeah, basically I our part of the gallery. Yeah. So And and that's always really, really great exhibitions because not only we're friends and we're happy mm-hmm. to be able to show together, but it's also because there's some... It's a lot of energy between us two. We're not just we mm-hmm. don't have his works in one part of the room and my work in the other part. We really mix them because they work mm-hmm. together, you know, in a way even though we're different, yeah. but it's kind of I think the stories we tell, I don't know. And
1: yeah, that's um true. I mean, it's a 50/50 relationship, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's always nice. And um mm-hmm. uh but that's now so you know, so. Yeah. And uh, but now if you have if you're talking about ex- group exhibitions with a hundred artists
1: um. <laughs> Well they're rare, but they do happen. Um, yeah. you know, we had a big we celebrated um Hello Kitty's birthday. She had a big mm-hmm. birthday party at the gallery recently. I think I'm still emotionally recovering from <laughs> putting that show together, but that was a lot of fun. That was a big show. I think it was thousands of people. I wanna say like over three thousand people came to the opening. And people were lined up until we closed the doors, so mm-hmm. yeah, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, but it's, you know, and and we have, I mean, it's a big space to fill too. It's mm-hmm. it's a twelve thousand square foot space that we've that is comprised of three different galleries. So um, it's more like the Cory Helford Museum. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, wow. but um, you know, I'm I'm tasked with filling it up every five weeks. So um. so that's,
0: that's your regular schedule. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have new exhibits that we debut every five weeks and, um, yeah. And we're, we're, we're booking shows through 2023 20, right now. So I'm on a hamster wheel. I'm always <laughs> working on something. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, but yeah, but I, I love to credit high fructose because I really got my start, um, you know, writing really taught me how to look at art and just, like, how to look past technique and into the heart of whatever the artist is creating and see the true value in that. And, um, you know, I think that's what the people at Hypertose, they do all day, every day. So, it's mm-hmm. it's really not unlike cure- curating. So. Um, and Attaboy, who's the editor and the co-founder, he'll tell you like my writing when I started was terrible and <laughs> he, he gave me a chance. He saw something in me anyway. And, you um, uh, yeah, I'm a testament to the fact that, you know, with enough hard work, you can do anything. You can be a writer, you can be a curator. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, but but I love to credit them as, as much as I can.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a, it's about the angle how you look at the work, you know yeah. this, um, and that's probably I mean pretty specific with people that have a background like yours and are not <laughs> you
1: know,
0: like trained trained writers or journalists. Um,
1: yeah, I'm not a trained anything.
0: <laughs> and, it's, and, it, and it's pretty. Hard, yeah, me neither. <laughs> and it's and it's and it's pretty hard, I think, to. Um, to, to write about facts in art as when I mean, you write about an artwork or an, or an artist. I mean, of course there are it's facts in art, but. It's
1: challenging but, because I'm yeah. asked a lot this question of how to define art, you mm-hmm. know, which I feel like art writers are tasked with um, is how to describe art, you know, how to define, well, in High fructose's case, um, new contemporary art. And that's mm-hmm. always such a tricky question to answer because, You know, today new contemporary represents such a huge range of aesthetics. Now, Um, you know, it's the new new. So, um, I was talking about them uh, having this exact conversation, and you know, we were saying it's probably better just to call it art, Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because um, you know, new contemporary, whether it's pop surrealism or lowbrow or whatever you want to call it, is kind of, you know, it's it's been taking inspiration from pop culture and pop culture. You know, and then becoming pop culture itself. And, um, you know, it's, it's this ongoing cycle. So. Um,
0: that's that's probably also why you can why you actually work so much with, with brands, you know, like Hello Kitty mm-hmm. and uh, Marc Mark Jacobs. And not very part
1: of pop culture. So yeah.
0: It's um, it's something actually that's in, that's that's not very deeply rooted in German art. Our German art is always trying to mm-hmm. be serious on, 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 on an educational level. <laughs> and it's it's changing a little bit, but I've always that's one of the reasons why I've opened Hadium Cowboy many years ago, mm-hmm. because I was missing exactly that here in Germany. Um, that uh, as soon as you call something pop in Germany. Germany, unless it's really official pop mm-hmm. art, which then people uh, uh, use, uh, reference any Warhol with <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, all, you know, sort of modern contemporary artists. Uh, there was always a better, uh, an easier approach in, in America. And I tried to bring that to Germany at that point. And I think that's something that when you say new contemporary, we have actually, we have that on our, we have like tapes, like, you know, where we mm-hmm. wrap up the artworks mm-hmm. with a couple of years, we we didn't want to have much text on there. So we wrote beside our, our key uh, key sentence, uh, which is Cowboys work is never done. We wrote new contemporary art just because that was coming up. And I thought that's kind of, it's kind of hitting the nail in some okay. part. But, but yeah, I mean, for people who need uh, uh, something uh, to label something, it's also not, you know, perfect. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean it's it's almost impossible, but it does come in handy um, mm-hmm. to have labels. I don't necessarily agree with labels, but I think they open a door for people to have a basic understanding, and then they can dive deeper into mm-hmm. the work. Um, sure. Yeah. But yeah. Going back to what you were saying, just about you know um, how these contemporary styles influence. Each other, um, just even between pop culture, between different countries. I mean, like, we're living in a world right now where technology and social media make this exposure possible, and you're getting a lot of cross pollination happening between artists. And like, maybe this evolution couldn't happen in the same way as before, like in the Andy Warhol mm-hmm. generation, because they didn't have social media. So, um, it's it's just really it's a really interesting time and it's really exciting to watch, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that the the accessibility through social media, especially mm-hmm. and through the internet, has changed a lot, you know. But
1: yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword for sure.
0: <laughs> How do you mean?
1: Well, I think um accessibility can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um yeah you know, definitely in terms of how artists are approaching galleries, especially, um, you know, I, uh, like if, if just to offer some advice for younger artists, because, um, you know, I think, uh, uh, I've seen this trend of younger artists feeling like they could spam a gallery maybe with their art um, is just the worst way to get a gallery's attention or, you know, to tag a gallery in a hundred of your photos thinking that's a way to submit your work. Um, I think it creates bad habits. um, Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I always like to encourage people to remember to be kind and be professional and just to be educated about the galleries you're hitting up and, um, you know, really uh, take the time to politely ask what their submission policies are and, um, you know, like, don't, don't hit on me or try to butter me up with flattery because I'm a woman. Cause that's not going to work mm. either. And like, <laughs> yes, it happens. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, um, you. yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to use social media. So,
0: yeah, I think that's um, <laughs> that's always a question, of course, because I think most of my listeners too are artists, and um, and it's of course it's always a question: how do as an artist do I get into a gallery? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, I agree, it's it's uh, it's. Uh, I mean, it's not easy, but it's also not helpful when you're bombarding people with uh, with artwork. Um, most galleries have that on their website too. I mean, also mm-hmm. the first thing I think is always very important as an artist to look go at the website, look at the other artists, look at the at the at the exhibitions. Do I really fit in there? The the, the, yeah. the that's, that's Also, what's happening? A lot of artists sending submissions where you think, well, but did you ever look at any of our photos on our website or on Instagram this is not the this is not the art we're representing not at all
1: yeah Yeah. exactly and I think you know with the emergence of social media too people start to ask questions like you know do we even need art galleries and I, I hate this question because I feel like anyone asking doesn't fully understand the scope of what galleries even do like and I get it I mean you know we're in a new world now where pretty much all artists and art buyers with um, an internet connection and social media have access to each other. Like everything has changed. The whole landscape has changed, but um, you know, there's primary functions of galleries, which are providing artists with exposure for their art, which they they can get from social media um, and providing collectors and buyers with access to that art. But there's also the function of just raising an artist up and providing them with the guidance that they need and opportunities outside of their exhibitions. Like I just got off the phone with a new artist we're showing who's, um, she's going to some amazing places very quickly and in her career. And she was asking me for advice about showing her work in Europe. And like at Corey Helford, for example, we're not just showing well-known and established artists, but we're also, we also want to support the growth of emerging artists. And they get special access to somebody who's really passionate and knowledgeable and understands the climate when they're working with the gallerist, as opposed to just posting art on their Instagram account. And um, I 100% um, believe in art as an experience that needs to be seen in person. Mm -hmm. Um, It it changes your perspective entirely. Like, for instance, I curated an installation by um, Pip and Pop. Are you familiar? With mm-hmm. pop, yeah, from based out of Australia, she's amazing. Um, and we uh, made this installation out of seven hundred pounds of sugar. That was incredible, and oh, yeah. you had to be there to truly, yeah, you had to be there to truly appreciate the scope of that. Um, it's beautiful on Instagram, but it's, I mean, in person, like True. it, it was emotional. It's emotional, and and galleries they bring people together, they create community, and you just don't get that through a screen, so
0: yeah so yeah I totally agree I mean this is a lot of the work that we're having I mean there's there's definitely some work that 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 works on 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 the screen even on the tiny screen but it's the the minimum amount of art that's out there I mean it's most Mm -hmm. of that we're working with there's structure there's also the light that changes when you're in front of it or during the day and I mean if you buy a painting you buy it for 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 a long time maybe for your whole life and in different environments than a gallery wall with perfect lightning so all these things Mm -hmm. you know that come into play and when it goes into a sculptural piece um or look in my case when i do woodcut i mean i carve into the painting into the wood with mm-hmm. knives and it's on on wow. instagram it always looks like a graphic you know? <laughs> right. like, yeah yeah and that's it's like
1: two-dimensional so yeah yeah
0: so yeah so we but i
1: really appreciate it mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah but now these days we kind of have that's the only thing we we still have left for for some time you know and we mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's... Um,
1: yeah, I mean, obviously, the situation we're in is abnormal. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it won't be like this forever. No, totally. Um, I agree.
0: <laughs> so, and then, and then what, do, what do you recommend artists that, I mean, if, if you're a young mm-hmm. artist and you're listening to this now and you say, well, mm-hmm. she sounds really nice and I don't want to no. go on her nerves and, <laughs> and, you know, sort of, but I, I'd yeah. really like her to see my work. How do you see new artwork? How do you discover I, it?
1: I've, I mean, I find art everywhere. Um, I'm I'm constantly always looking. I think I get this just from like just going back to my high mm-hmm. fructose uh, days. You know, um, um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm finding artists on social media. I'm going to as many shows as I can. I'm I'm finding their work in person. I'm going to art fairs. I'm you know I'm I'm out here right now. You know, I was gonna go to. Um, Art for Tokyo, obviously that was canceled, but I'm still going to galleries. Here, galleries are open. I'm still going to shows and um, connecting with artists here. So, so I'm out here, um, you know, and it's I have a passion for that and it drives me, and um, so I'm I'm putting myself out there. And I think for younger artists, just. Don't, I, I guess what I would say is don't worry so much about what everybody else is doing and just focus on yourself and your own path and your own voice. Because for me, as a curator, the most attractive thing um, is does the artist have a unique voice? It's not always about their skill level. Um, so I would really focus on just honing in on that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, with each work, you're only going to get better.
0: Yeah, it's very well put. <laughs> yeah, I can agree to that. Yeah, it's it's also. I mean, the, everybody who picks out art for shows has a different approach to it. I'm. Um, um, mm-hmm. I I personally feel privileged that I can do that, that I can make decisions yeah. on who I'd be interested in showing. Uh, but uh, but it's it's it always comes. I mean, basically because out of my curiosities that, that I see you work somewhere and that I and if I'm interested, I, I go deeper and you know see more work. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, if I can, I go to an exhibition. But then. I think you're you're more privileged being in Los Angeles with much more artists going through than in Hamburg, you know. I mean, we're a nice city and it's a, it's a beautiful city.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're fortunate that we, you know, are in, in a time where we have access. We have, you know, more access to each other just from the internet or social media or whatever, but yeah, I mean I'm very lucky. I consider myself very lucky to be in Los Angeles. We have an amazing community and a really great scene there. Um, You know, it it just when I, uh, since I first moved there, it, it was amazing. I mean, pop surrealism when I first moved to Los Angeles was just exploding, and um, it was just coming out of from being more than underground art. Like you had artists like Camille Rose Garcia and Mark Ryden mm-hmm. and Todd Shore, and they were all showing in the top art galleries. And many other artists were just having their first shows, like Amy Soul, Brandy Milne, Camilla DeRico, uh, like artists that I'm so fortunate to work with now. Um, and I was just, you know, there in the middle of it, soaking it all in. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, I don't even know if he'll remember this, but he'll laugh if, he, if he's listening to this. But I met... Um, the artist Gary Baseman on the street yeah. in Santa Monica on my first weekend after I, I had moved to Los Angeles. And he was so cute. And he drew me a map to one of his shows. And there was no iPhones because this was like back in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was no iPhones, no map. And he drew me a map with little characters on it to one of his shows. And But that couldn't happen anywhere else because I was in Los Angeles. And now Gary and I, like we hang out and we go hiking together, but.
0: All right. <laughs> well, sorry to Gary because I think the I mean I met him too when, um, yeah. when in, in around this uh, I don't know 2004, 5, 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Gary being shown at Iwapop pop in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, the gallery that we worked really closely with and uh, I remember Gary being at at one of the fairs that we we had a booth and he introduced himself uh, and brought a really nice book and made a drawing <laughs> in there and we chatted for a long time when he went through his sketchbook. So okay. you got a glimpse of what he's all about of what his work is about what this character is about in a i don't know 20 30 minute talk um and we've met afterwards on, on social occasions but that was like the first time we really got into his work and uh, okay. and and i miss that a little bit because that yeah. is happening very rarely because everybody just gives you your handle check it out on instagram you know see yeah. what i'm doing but
1: well, that's not the same after this whole you know pandemic Mm-hmm. situation calms down you can come out to LA and visit us we'll go hiking together <laughs> yeah
0: yeah no it's a plan for a long long time <laughs> A lot of friends of mine live in Los Angeles, not just Victor, and but there's uh, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of artists that I've met met over the over the years, and also friends with you have moved to Los Angeles a couple uh-huh. of years ago, and uh-huh. we haven't uh-huh. seen each other in a while. I'm currently I'm currently having um, the privilege of having a trip down memory lane because I am writing a book which is partly autobiographic and part wow. uh, image book, a part art book, and the autobiographic part spans. Uh, the development of my art, of my personal art. And, but that also coincides with Helium Kawa because they're both me and Helium Kawa. It's not, you can't separate it. You can't say it's a gallery and there's this person, but it's basically one, one, everything I do is one person in a way. And so. <laughs> right so, i know yeah. we're
1: all doing the work of 100 people so. yeah so it's
0: it's 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 intertwined but f- because of that i go through old photo albums and through from from exhibitions and everything and then all these memories come back like um like you know as i said with gary there's a photo of me somewhere with gary on one of these fairs and that's why it's so it's so vivid it's so present and you think about i haven't spoken to this person in such a long time you know and um because it's a long time after all but it's really nice to recapture Those days, and very often Mm -hmm. while I'm writing this book now, while I'm writing these stories from the past, I think about what a great story that would have been on Instagram, but only (laughs) the people who were there actually really experienced it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it makes these little moments in time more sincere Mm -hmm. because they happened organically. I don't know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a nice thing to say. I'm about. probably I
1: mean, dating myself a little bit, but. You're what? Sorry. What? I said I'm probably you know dating myself a little bit because I don't yeah. I didn't grow up with the you know the internet or anything like that. So. <laughs> yeah, I was late young. bloomer. So.
0: Yeah. Also, this is it's I still. still
1: um, am. I I only just discovered Squadcast like 30 minutes ago. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that's a totally different problem, the, um, the, uh, the tools that we use to communicate for podcasts. But that's also like a really big thing. The whole podcast issue is just growing up. I've been doing this for a little bit over two years now. And what has mm-hmm. happened in those two years already, you know, in terms of of reach and uh, how easy it is to produce one and do one. And I think it's the nice thing about a podcast is that we've been talking now for about 45 minutes and mm-hmm. people take the time to listen to us talk for that <laughs> Whereas a normal Instagram interaction is probably like a second, you know? Right. All right. Um, When are you going back to LA?
1: That's a really good question. (laughs) Right now, I've extended my trip through April. Our gallery, all being well, is going to reopen April 7th. And we have an exhibit that's supposed to open April 11th. So, um, yeah, so, you know, hopefully things have settled uh, and I can go home. Um, I mean, I can go home, but right now it's everybody's in lockdown. So I'm Mm -hmm. just sort of, you know, taking my time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, I'm also a a little anxious about the situation at LAX airport because they're like taking people's temperature when they get off the flights. And just I'm hearing all sorts of crazy stories about people waiting in customs for three hours and just there's all these horror stories. So, but yeah, all being well, I'll be back um, in two weeks and um, in time to set up our next shows. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I, you know, I'm just really just remaining hopeful and, you know, trying to stay calm, stay positive, just, um, you know, for, for, you know, encouraging my friends to do the same, Um, you know, I guess for anybody listening, I don't know when this, podcast is gonna come out but um you know yeah yeah, um hopefully for people listening you know they're just stay healthy and you know be safe be kind to each other i mean it's it's a hard time for everyone so be extra kind and um you know i'm just hoping i can get home soon and get back to work yeah yeah Yeah, totally mm
0: totally agree i mean you know sort of same to you i mean stay stay healthy you know and my recommendation is to if it's if it's more relaxed in tokyo right now stay there
1: Um, (laughs) yeah and it's it's um it's very calm here i'm um you know i'm just i'm i'm glad to be here and i'm watching the news i'm watching it very carefully everybody at home is watching the news and you know the galleries just we're just honoring the city's recommendations right now you know right now Los Angeles isn't allowing large gatherings, or um, you know, they're not recommending that people go. I mean, the restaurants have closed, so you know, they're they're recommending that people stay home and you know, social distance is <laughs> the word. We don't have that word here in Japan. Um, you know, people are kind of laying low, but they're not, we don't, we don't have social distancing here per se. Like I, I was on Instagram earlier. I posted a photo with some friends of mine. People were like, you're not six feet apart. And I was like, I'm not in America. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit different here, but um, you know, but it's, it's an anxious Situation everywhere, and um, you know we're all in this together. So um, we'll get through it, though.
0: (laughs) Thank you for for talking to me today. Stay healthy. Thank you
1: so much for your time and for having me. And yeah, you too. Let's chat again when things are you know get better.
0: Yeah, we will. All right, (laughs) bye.
1: Okay, bye.
0: Well, thank you for listening today. I will be back with more talks shortly. If you have any questions for me or my guests, I'm happy to hear them all. Just send me a mail to hello at heliumtalk.com or a direct message on my Instagram at heliumcowboy. Stay safe and healthy and take good care of everyone around you.